Welcome to the podcast, Two Gals and a Glass Half Full, hosted by Dr. Bobby and Dr. Jess. They are two physical therapists sharing knowledge on living a more mindful, healthy, and active lifestyle, one small step at a time. If this sparks your interest, these are your two gals. Hey there, I'm Dr. Bobby, and this is Dr. Jess. We are two physical therapists just trying to live healthy most of the time and doing our best to see our personal glasses as half full. Some days that is much harder than others. We love to interview others to share their knowledge about things we may not know, and other times Dr. Jess and I are sharing our knowledge and information. So make sure you hit the subscribe button below, join our free Facebook group, and follow us on Instagram to receive our latest information. Welcome to May. In May, we will be talking about mental health, mental health awareness, um, different topics with mental health, and we're starting off with one that I feel very passionate about and very excited about, um, and that will be with social media, the good and, and the bad. Um, but before we get started, Dr. Jess, what is in your cup today? I have a glass of uh, kombucha. This is a passion fruit kombucha. So it's quite refreshing and uh, has some probiotics in there. So trying to trying to be a little healthy while having a little flavor to my drink. Uh, Dr. Bobby, what's in your glass? Well, I started the morning. I treated myself to a decaf coffee, and now I am just on plain water. So getting some hydration after a nice large decaf coffee. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I like it. So this month in mental health awareness, we're going to be talking about a lot of different topics, and uh, we're trying to you know hit a, a nice spectrum. And so why not start with like a real big ticket item, <laughs> social media. It's something that's gotten so much attention over the years where when it was first kind of starting to where it's like this pendulum has gone like, boom, social media is terrible. It's negative. It's the worst thing that's ever happened. Uh, But here's the truth is that it's not going away. So if it's not going away, could there be positives and negatives? Hmm. So maybe that's what we're going to talk about today is how to see social media in the light of gray, uh, meaning that there are positives and negatives, and we just need to be aware of what those might be so that we can have a better, healthier relationship with social media, just like sugar or alcohol or anything else where it could be unhealthy, uh, but there could be, you could find balance. So mm-hmm. just it's it's easy to not have balance is is the point, which is yeah. how it was developed. And Dr. Barbie's going to go into that a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. So I think the biggest thing to understand is like why um, social media became very addictive, very popular, very quickly. Um, and why that happens is because when we're using social media, it activates this area in our brain that's known as like a reward center. So when anything like pleasurable um, or feel good happens, this area of the brain lights up um, and it creates chemicals. Uh, So think about like pleasurable activities like food, like when you really enjoy food, sex, social interaction, any of those type of things, um, they light up an area that releases dopamine. And dopamine is a chemical that tells your brain like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. This is great. Well, these platforms are designed to be addictive and to release that dopamine that we kind of crave and want more and more and more. Um, And so that's kind of how like, I don't know if you've ever picked up your phone and you're all of a sudden you're on social media and you didn't even know. I know I took a like a time off one time from social media and I I found myself every day trying to click the button that was no longer there. And like, I wasn't even conscious I was doing it. It was just like a a habit that had happened. And so that's what we kind of want to talk about today is like how that lights up, how that affects us, but then also how can we manage it? Because there is good. A lot of us run businesses from social media. A lot of us keep in touch with family members and friends that are far away. I know Dr. Jess and I, we use uh, Zoom, FaceTime a lot uh, to talk to each other. And that's not bad, but just kind of learning how to control it. Um, and also then also realizing like maybe when it's unhealthy, like what are signs and symptoms that we may see in our body um, or our thoughts? And then what can we do to kind of bring us back to a little bit more of a balance? There's always going to be a shift side to side. It will never be perfect, but trying to kind of get towards that balance. 
Yeah. And I think as long as you have an understanding of like where this could be unhealthy, it helps you better recognize like, oh, I really do need to kind of be careful with this. Like I say, I, I mean, I have social media in my life is just like alcohol or sugar or anything else where it's like, you know, one glass of wine is like, okay, cool. Versus like not five, right? Like there's, there's limits. And so you don't need to go above the limit. It's not going to get you, it's not going to lead to anything good. And so having one cookie, you don't need five. You don't need cookie and cake and ice cream, right? So it's like it enters into a category and, and that category is a very moderated category is the way I see it. That way it's, you give it the respect that it deserves and then it's, it's a lot easier to keep it under control. And so by moderation with social media is typically time-based. And so that's one way to moderate, um, uh, another, you know, other ways to moderate, obviously just like different boundaries you can put into place, but why, why is that so important? And so there is some a lot of, of research, but, you know, we'll point out a, a couple of pieces of, you know, there's a British study in 2018 that was talking about how social media can actually lead to decreased and disrupted and delayed sleep. And so, and it can be associated with depression, um, memory loss, poor academic performance. And so it can turn into something that could be uh, quite, uh, quite negative and and really impact you um and not a good way for pushing your life forward so just like again alcohol right alcohol could turn into something where you're using it on a daily basis for coping and that means that you're not actually being productive and so it's actually leading to decreased productivity so social media can be the same exact thing it's a, it can be a crutch where you're pulling yourself out of real life and the day-to-day of what's in front of you and you're in this world of um, where that's not necessarily real. It's what people want you to see. It's not necessarily real. So the more that you get pulled into that, it can lead down this disruptive path. Um, so Dr. Bobby, how many people use social media? So there was a research, a Pew Research Center. And so this is back in like 2018, 2019, if I remember correctly. So um, I mean, I can only imagine that it has skyrocketed through the pandemic enough through there. But at that time, 69% of adults and 81% of teens. And if you think of where that's important is these, these platforms are designed to be addictive, like highly addictive. Um, because they want to keep your attention. They want to keep you online and they want you repeatedly checking because that's how they make money. Um, in all honesty, <laughs> the more you're on, the more you use it, the more money they make. Um, and so I think with teens, it's really important to realize that more teens than adults use it. And that's when their brain is still developing. That is when they're learning self-worth. That is when they're exploring who they are. They're in I know as an adult, I have trouble with it sometimes. So I can only imagine uh, growing up through a time period where my I'm trying to figure out who I am and kind of all these images and stuff being brought in. Um, it could be very challenging. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times we don't realize is uh, social media, when it's used in a negative form, is really highly associated with anxiety, depression, and then it even can cause like physical illness. So if you think about it, there's a lot of research out there that shows how our mind and our gut or our stomach um, intestines are connected and how anxiety and depression can turn into nausea, headaches, muscle tension, tremors, um, you know, and it can mask underlying problems. So like if you're using it a lot, um, it, it it could be how you're handling with stress or depression or boredom. Um, think about kids or adults today, if you go into a waiting room, how many, how often do you see people just kind of sitting there looking around, relaxing? Every single person is down on their phone like this um, because we can't be bored anymore. Like we just, it's uncomfortable. It's awkward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the other thing that can happen with social media is, especially if you are on your phone at night and you're looking through feeds or reels or whatever it might be, that can lead to disrupted sleep patterns. And so, which then can impact how you're functioning the next day. Um, you know, just like that, that FOMO, the fear of missing out. So like, am I like, should I be doing this? Should I be doing that? Like all these shoulds. 
and so it's like it just keeps pulling you out of what is actually real in your life and what is is positive and functioning and um this is constant like is this you know the grass is greener kind of thing uh and so like maybe not really having an appreciation for what is in front of you uh, because we're constantly looking towards something else because it's so easy it's so easy to get to it's right there i was gonna say i have my phone in one Mm -hmm. second i switch my body actually knows like where to turn what to do i don't even have to think to get onto facebook or Mm -hmm. tiktok like it's so easy to just get onto it and you do it without even realizing it half the time probably Oh yeah. Yeah. When we talk about like barriers, there's like very little when it comes to barriers, like your phone even unlocks when you hold your face up to it. You don't even have to remember the passcode. I mean, so like the, the amount of barriers that have been eliminated so that it's so accessible is a big part of why it can get out of hand Um, Mm -hmm. because it's meant to be addictive. It's meant to get you to keep wanting more and more. And so that's the idea behind it. I mean, I remember when, you know, Facebook was like first starting, right? So I was in college. I didn't know what it was. You know, like one of my friends, we were sitting in our room and one of my friends was like asking me these questions. And I was like, you know, all these answers, you know, what are you talking about? And so they were making my first Facebook profile for me because, you know, I would never take the time to sit down and do that. Um, <laughs> that was just not my value. But like, no, you need to be on this, you know, because one day when we graduate, this is going to be like an easy way for us to stay connected. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Uh, And so that's kind of how it started was just interconnecting people that aren't necessarily in the same physical space. So like, that's really cool. But then obviously, as it grew and more platforms and more research and everything else that happens, um, it it has turned into much, much more than that. Mm. Um, And so and again, we're we're biasing on the negative side with with the beginning of this to kind of show why the why behind the episode and the why behind moderation and how important it is to have moderation because there are very real negative side effects. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it's something that, again, just have the respect for it. I so, think yeah, I think one way to kind of explain and I agree, like talking about negative where I promise we're going to talk positive because there's so much about it or just ways to manage it. But I think it's important to understand how it affects us, Mm -hmm. because if we don't understand how it affects us, we're not going to take those steps to improve our relationship with it. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of times, so we say it releases dopamine in our brain, these these, uh, chemicals that make us feel good. So if you think about it, you post a picture and it gets a lot of likes, you're like, oh, you just naturally feel good. Um, and how it is addictive is not only with that release, but the other part of it is the uncertainty. So that always, so kind of think of gambling. If you knew you were always going to lose when you gambled, you probably wouldn't do it. Um, so it's kind of similar when you post something, you don't know how many likes you're going to get, how many comments you're going to get, who's going to react. Um, you know, so you're looking at not only who liked it, what did they say, who didn't like it. Um, all of these things are going through your brain, but you're always trying to post. And I see this a lot and I realize it in myself a lot, but I also see it in teens um, with pictures and pictures getting like they only post pictures of themselves and like pos- positions where they think they look good, you know, things like that. And, and that's all they're posting is trying to get more likes, more people to follow them but you don't know who's going to like it. You don't know how many you're going to get. So there's that level of uncertainty that kind of keeps you coming back for more and trying um, later in the month, we'll talk about perfection and anxiety, trying to get that perfect picture, trying to get that perfect post, trying to get where everyone likes and accepts you um, and just that connection there. And that's kind of where some of the addiction comes from as well um, or the negative aspects of social media is that uncertainty with what you're going to post and then always trying to improve on each post. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. It's like, it's, you know, if it doesn't go well, then it's like, oh, well, obviously that's not good enough. If it does go well, then it's like, oh, you just, you know, one big And really, there's so many like algorithms and everything that like go into it that like, it's, 
it's really not in your control is is the real answer and so that is what kind of also leads to that anxiety of like like why wouldn't they love this or why wouldn't they love that well it might not even show it might not be in someone's feed they might not have, have even seen it uh so i mean i know that's something that like you know i've i've thought in the past of like oh like I, I, you know, I, I posted this and I, I thought like it would, people would like it a little bit more, but I, I, mean, I guess not, you know? And then like, you know, especially like with the business, I'll post something else. that's like really similar and it'll get like three times the amount of views. And it's like, what? <laughs> so there's so much to it that like with algorithms and whatnot, I don't understand all of that. Uh, <laughs> um, so much to it. There's a really, really good, and again, it talks a little bit more negative, but I think it explains really, really well why social media was created and the creators of social media created it to be a very good thing um, mm -hmm. and then how it has turned. Um, there's a documentary out there called Social Dilemma. Mm -hmm. If you haven't seen it, I think it's really good not to speak badly of social media, but just to be aware of like the backside and the computer end, like what companies are doing now to grab your attention. And it's all about your attention because if they have your attention, they're making money. Um, and we live in a world where everything, a lot of business is all about money. Um, that's how we survive is. So I think it's really good to understand that backside of things. So you can also then understand yourself better and your reactions and your feelings and your emotions, because that's ultimately what's the most important thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I do think that, now, flipping to the positive side of social media, I do think social media is a way where we can access information about from people that we know, because it's really hard in a world where, you know, we're busy and we have families and work and, you know, other things going on to really pick up the phone and connect with our friend from high school or a friend from college or a friend from, you know, these different phases of life, because like, if I'm available at this moment, they are not necessarily available at that moment. And so sometimes social media keeps us a little bit more connected. So that way, when there is that down moment, I'm more likely to be like, oh, hey, like, I wonder how she's doing. Like, I saw like last week that they were doing something with their family. So it kind of it helps keep you a little bit connected in that way. And at least that's how I feel. You know, uh, I, you know, my husband's family lives all, all over the place. My family lives all over the place. And so it's like a really fun way for me to kind of be able to see that cousin that I don't necessarily like. I'm not that close to, you know, like we saw each other every couple of years growing up, but like being able to kind of like watch as she's growing her family and I'm growing my family. I'm like, oh yeah, like I'm more likely now to like pick up the phone and say like, hey, like, how's it going? Oh, hey, yeah, good. Um, So like there's ways where we can kind of use it to not compare ourselves to somebody else, but just to stay connected with what's going on. Um, and the same way of like, if you're looking for information, I mean, yeah. like there's such cool stuff out there. I mean, like, like if I'm learning a new platform, like for example, using Canva, right? Canva is like really, really cool. And there's this gal on Instagram that posts all this stuff on like just tips and tricks for Canva. And so like, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's helpful. That's really helpful. And so it's helped me grow in different like, you know, uh, platforms that I don't necessarily know how to use. And it's like, oh, wow. And it's in, you know, manageable bits. I don't have to take an hour to watch a tutorial. Uh, mm -hmm. And so it's like, in a good way, like, I'm like, oh, hey, and I'll send this to Dr. Biden. I'm like, hey, did you see we could do this? Oh, no, I didn't know that. So like, it doesn't have to be negative. Like, what are like, Dr. Bobby, what are other ways that you use social media in a positive realm? So I like how you said that, like a lot of times so recommendations. So, mm -hmm. you know, I was looking for what's really, um, when I was making my baby registry, what's really needed, like in your opinion. And again, but you have to like everything you put out there, you have to also then review it and mm -hmm. make sure like the information you're getting, is this true? Is this factual? Or is this just something someone's making up? So putting out there, like, what did you feel like was really important when you had a newborn? Um, like what stuff did you actually need and what is like nice to have? Um, and so you can get information from a lot of people 
to kind of then process your own thoughts and process your own beliefs and kind of things like that. So I find finding recommendations. Um, I'd much rather get a recommendation from a friend or a family member than some random just internet website um, because these are people that I trust and that uh, most of the <laughs> sometimes I'm, on my social media, I have a lot of people that I've just met through the years because of business. And just like two gals, we really, there are businesses out there that try to do positive things. So on our Instagram, we have a, pos- a quote every day um, in our stories. So just trying to be uplifting, you know, positive things. Um, so I do think recommendations is a huge area. Um, I do also, like you said, Dr. Jess, like, like keeping up with friends and stuff, but I always have to remind myself that like the online interaction isn't the same as in person or on the phone. So it's really good that I can keep up with it, but I have to like consciously make an effort to call once in a while. Now it doesn't need to be every week, every month, but Mm -hmm. kind of keeping that um, interaction with them, but it allows me to see their day-to-day life. Um, So then when I do catch up, it's like, oh, how'd this go? How's this? Like, you know, instead of just feeling the whole life story for the last five months when I hadn't talked to them. So um, I do find those are things that I really enjoy with it. Um, yeah, I feel like I've found myself more likely to connect because they're they're more in the forefront of my mind. Yes. Because right? otherwise it's kind of like out of sight, out of mind. I'm like, someone will ask like, oh, hey, have you heard from so-and-so recently? You're like, huh. No, I haven't, you know, kind of those, but like, if I've seen them recently on social media, like, oh yeah, like, I think they moved somewhere. Yeah. So like next time I'm Mm -hmm. in the car for a little bit, I'll like kind of give them a call. Hey, like, how's it going? I saw that you moved. Oh yeah, I did. It was, you know, yeah, it was a job or this or that. And so it just kind of like helps keep these people that I actually do care about, but like you just, you know, different phases of life, you move and you go, you know, from school to work, to jobs, to cities, to, you know, and it's, it's not necessarily that, you know, we have the same group of people that we're with on a day-to-day basis in our lives. So, but it, it really is nice to stay connected with, uh, not everybody that you've ever encountered, but like the the people that really were positive at that point in your life, it is kind of nice to keep those connections. Mm-hmm. It is. And I think um, one thing that is healthy with social media is um, that I'm working on, um, I would say is like, when I'm posting stuff, I try to post realistic. Like I don't try to use all the filters to make myself look better, like learning that I don't need to have my makeup completely done every time. The picture, I can look bad. It's okay. Um, Because what I see in myself is not the same what others see. Um, And so trying to be very realistic with what I'm posting has been kind of, it's hard. Um, I don't want to post a picture that I think like I look terrible in. Um, But I feel like that's one thing um, that helps me is Mm -hmm. just making sure when I'm posting, it's very real um and not all made up <laughs> right yeah like not too much perfection has gone into it yeah mm-hmm. it means I I totally get that uh yeah like on the I don't I don't brush I barely brush my hair on the weekends let alone put on makeup not happening um <laughs> so like it's just like that's who I am yeah this is this is it like you're not gonna get anything that's gonna that's gonna take too much effort because like that's not what it's about It's Mm -hmm. not about me trying to like be something for somebody else. It's like, this is, you know, this is me and my my family and whatever it is that we're doing. And I I mean, like it or don't, (laughs) like, I like, I like what I'm doing. So that's (laughs) exactly. And I think it helps. So one of the big negative side effects of social media is, I mean, besides anxiety and depression is self-esteem and body image issues. So the more that people post realistic photos and the less they use filters, the better our brain is getting like, and when I see those pictures or Jess, I see your pictures mm-hmm. from um, the weekend, like I'm not sitting there reviewing them being like, Oh, her hair's a little bit out. Oh, she didn't wear makeup it's today. over here. And over there. <laughs> right. Those are never my thoughts. Yeah. So why do I feel like those are the thoughts? that other people are having of me. I see the kids playing. I see the garden behind you. Like I see the fun bike rides, you know, like that's what I see from an outsider perspective. So trying to teach myself that, and I think the more that people can put real photos out there 
unedited photos. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that would really help with that self-esteem and body image because in real life, we're not perfect. Our skin is not this perfect, uh, blurred mm-hmm. skin, you know, right. like we all have imperfections and that's what makes each person beautiful in their own way. Absolutely. If we all look the same, it would be so boring. If we all had the same exact like skills and uh, things that we're good at, it would not, the society wouldn't work. So like, it's, I think it's just a matter of like, just having acceptance of yourself then helps you better with acceptance of others. And you really start to realize how all of our diversity is really what makes things work. And that's, that's the whole point is that we Mm -hmm. each are different. Different isn't bad. Different is good, actually. Um, so if we're, if we're talking about like the positives, I mean, I, I really like, I've learned so many things on social media, uh, like that are, that are positive things. And, uh, in a, I use it, I think mostly for like things like that, you know, I'm not really good in the, in the digital realm with like, um, like necessarily like understanding from a marketing perspective for the business, like understanding some of the platforms that are useful and, what are different areas that are going on that can help us move a business forward? And so I use it to really kind of get some good advice. And again, you know, you got to consider your source and everything else. But it's interesting if you see a topic that's kind of trending amongst a couple of different sources, then you're like, hmm, this is interesting. Maybe I'll look into this. And it, it's typically something that's pretty cool. I'm like, oh, wow. Like, I would have never done a Google search to find that. So it's like, I think as individuals, as we share our knowledge, which is really cool, we're sharing our individual knowledge through our own like page or pages, depending on how many platforms you're on. It's another way to get that disseminated across a large group of people, which is very cool. So you don't have to like write a book and like, like print it and publish it and ship Mm -hmm. it. I mean, that is, that is a way of getting information across, but now it's really cool to be able to do that. And so, and then to use other people's knowledge to help you gain knowledge. So like, it is pretty cool in that, in that realm. Uh, I do think there's times where it's important to choose who you follow and who you unfollow, right? Like, mm-hmm. and so if if you're following some groups and you're like, oh, wow, this is, maybe it's funny. Like I've got one lady, she's like, she posts dailies and I just, you know, like she's got these hysterical like little comments. Uh, it's all about being like a parent and they're absolutely hysterical. And so like, like, like things like that, that are funny or uplifting or like have good knowledge to them are usually things that I'm like, oh yeah, I'll follow that. But the minute that it starts getting kind of like negative or like, ugh, I don't really like that or putting somebody down or things like that. I'm like, unfollow. No, thank you. I don't need that. You know? Mm-hmm. And so there's strategies that you can use to kind of say, hey, I either want this in my feed or I don't. And so you have that control to be able to like say who you follow and who you don't. And I think that's um, specifically like with Facebook um, because uh, Instagram is a little different. You follow or you unfollow. Mm-hmm. Where Facebook, you can be friends with someone, but you don't have to follow them, which means they don't need to be show up in your newsfeed. Because most of us, when we're going on Facebook and scrolling, we scroll through reels or we scroll through stories or we scroll through our newsfeed. Um, and all three of those, you have control over who who's in it in a way there is algorithm there is stuff in the back but if you see someone that's constantly negative and i've i've done this um i'm still friends with them but i just go to the three buttons and i click on follow that way they're not showing up in my stories they're not showing up in my um news feed but i'm still friends i still can have that communication and if i want to see what they're doing if they come pop in my head i can search and i can pull up their profile and mm-hmm. see from there but at least i'm not getting bombarded every day or every time I'm on by negative things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's like one way um, if we kind of look at like, how can we take this and turn into good? How can we use social media as good? How can we prevent, there's also another word out there, digital burnout. Um, when I was reading on uh, this, there was a survey 
And it was like thousands of workers and they spent over seven hours a day on a screen. Um, and I think that's crazy. Seven, that's like more than some of us sleep that you're spent on a screen. So what can we do to help decrease that uh, screen time, but also um, decrease the negative aspects of social media and digital, basically burnout. And one of them is just to control who you see on your uh social media. I think it's important to not compare yourself. That's another negative fact we can have is even though it's all positive, we start believing people have perfect lives because most of us aren't posting the bad things that happen in our lives. We don't want to share that. We want to share the vacation pictures. We want to share the family, the cute baby, the new puppy. You know, we want to share those good things. So I think it's important in the back of your mind to also realize that people are posting their highlight reel and not their whole lives. Um, but monitor what you take and make it good. And there are platforms out there that share just good information. Um, so I think just, we were talking one way is like monitor the news, whether it be politics, natural disasters, health scares, tragic events, um, monitor how much that you are being exposed to that. Yes. It's important to know a little bit about what's going on in the world, but you need to know every single detail in every single place and every bad thing that happens. Um, no, <laughs> I remember I had a, uh, clinic, uh, not a clinical, I did a travel physical therapy for a little bit. And so for four months, I lived in a extended stay hotel and I had like seven channels. And the only channels I liked to watch were one was the news and the other one was, um, oh gosh, which was Sheldon that show oh, big um, bang theory. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I got to watch a lot of news and a lot of Big Bang Theory. And after a while, I like found myself being so negative and starting to get anxious. And I realized it's because I was watching news and what sells on news. Bad news. Right. Tragic events. Natural disasters. Like that's what our social media. Every tiny crime, if there wasn't a big crime, they were reporting on the the small crimes. Right. They're car checking in this neighborhood. And you're like, (laughs) yeah, okay. And I just found myself kind of going down. So I ended up for a while, like, and to this day, I don't watch a lot of news. Like if I hear something, I'll look it up to be aware of it or patients will tell me, but I can't tell you the last time I sat down and watched the actual news. Um, and I think that's a good way. Um, there are three, we'll post them in the thing, but there's, there's things on like Instagram that just share good news, like good humanity. Um, one's tanks, good news. There's good news underscore movement or upworthy. And those three are on Instagram and they just share uplifting good stories. So like changing kind of that will also help you not be scared of everyday lives. We all know about the mass shootings. We all know about that, but we can't live our life in fear and never go to a movie theater again, never go to a school. Yes, we need to be educated. Yes, we need to have knowledge and kind of know what to do, but doesn't mean we need to live in fear of it. Right. Yeah. I think sometimes it's just, it's important to have that, like, just have a little bit of a barrier to that and say, okay, uh, here's where I'm going to, you know, here's some places where I'm going to get my news sources. And, uh, or, you know, there's, there's all sorts of like podcasts that are out there that if you want, if you hear a tidbit, then they'll kind of delve in more into it for like, the back and forth of what that might, that topic might be. Cause oftentimes the topics it's, you get the information from this perspective, but the other perspectives aren't necessarily <laughs> reported. Uh, so if you hear about something, you're like, Hmm, that's interesting. Then you can typically find that topic where it's been broken down. And there might be a group of people that are coming from different perspectives to kind of better educate on what that topic might be. Now it's not so scary and it's not so like one-sided or another side because really, you know, when they say there's two sides to every story, right? There really is two sides to every story. And um, oftentimes there's more than two sides. (laughs) So uh, that's kind of the way I normally go about. If there's like a topic that I hear about, I'll usually try and find some information pop in my earbud while I'm running or in the garden and just kind of learn a little bit more about it before I really draw a major conclusion. I think a great example is we all know when you turn on the news, most of us turn on the same channel and they know there's different sides and you know what they are. There's Fox and there's CNN and there's other things like that out there. But you also know they're on the 
separate sides of the spectrum. And so they're going to report their beliefs and what they want their people to believe and what they want they know their customers like Um, because they're gearing towards that because, again, it's about views. The more people watch them, the more money they make. So Mm -hmm. like making sure your sources are coming from all different areas so you can get those all different perspectives and keeping probably the hardest part of that is keeping our brain open Mm-hmm. to see the other perspective. And I think that's very hard, especially when you feel very strongly about something. Well, I think that's how when you choose who you follow, you follow different perspectives. Even like, like I mean, I, I listen to perspectives I don't agree with, but I want to understand where are you coming from? Like, what's your why behind what you're, because I mean, clearly there's a whole group of people that believe this. So, I mean, what's the why behind it? Because like this side might, one thing might make sense to me, but then I'll hear something. I'm like, oh, that does kind of make sense. I see what they're saying there. This is actually more complicated than I realized that I see where there's some flaws here, you know, because it's like, you can kind of see both sides. Oh, oh, okay. Well, I mean, I mean, I I think that's where it's like, I think it helps us to better moderate and be like a little bit more in the middle of things and say like, you can have any belief you want. I mean, that's the freedom of living in this country Mm -hmm. is that we have free speech. We have open belief systems, Um, but it is the way social media has really benefited financially is by polarizing and creating these very polarizing topics and then we just go bonkers in different directions and that's it fuels everything you know and I think the more that we don't kind of buy into that like all of this group is horrible and negative and I'm going to post all this horrible stuff about it and then you're thinking all these people hate me oh my goodness this is terrible it's (laughs) like I mean like I just throw it out the window. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, right. It's yes. meant to be polarizing. That's, that's the purpose. And so taking a step back and saying like, I realize the intention of this is to be polarizing. Just know that that's the intention. So it's like, if someone comes into the room and they're like, I don't believe in physical therapy, their intention isn't to get better. So I'm like, oh, that's an interesting comment. Let's for, let's dive into that. Like, what are right. you doing here? I'm like, I don't believe in this. I'm like, is that a belief system? So same thing with social media. It's like, it doesn't need to be your belief system. This really is, it's just data points. Just data points. That's all it is. And you develop your own belief system based on the data points that you see. And so don't let somebody else give you what you believe gain as much data points as you can in a time efficient manner. Don't take all day, you know, scrolling through crap, Um, moderate how much time you're on it, but consider your source. If your source is meant to be really like big and provocative and like trying to be loud about everything to draw your attention, it might be biased. (laughs) Right. It might be biased. Uh, and we see that on everything and these like big topics that come out and it's it's not meant to bring people together. It's not meant to help us feel connected in a, in a societal manner. It's meant to have the haves and the have nots, the ins and the outs. And the minute that we start thinking like that is that's when anxiety and depression and everything else um, start coming in. And that's what we start seeing with our teens and the bullying and everything that happens, the haves and the have nots, the ins and the outs. And um, as long as you're in, you're happy and you have self-worth and value. But the minute that that script flips, you're out. So now you're depressed and you're down and it's like, what? good night no this is like this is a non-real world you're in this world with the people in front of you so you know so other ways that we can outside of monitoring and you know who you follow and whatnot is is connecting with real people in front of you so that might be in person that might be video calls that might be um 
even just like, you know, someone that might have like a major, major time difference, what I'll do is we email. Um, and just because of like, if, you know, I've got, you know, if I have a friend that's like nine hour time difference because they're like in another country for a while, um, then we'll do emails back and forth or really just try and connect with real people that are part of your um you know, your support system is, is key. Take that time to do it. Video calls are great. If you're not in the same geographic region, it's really nice connection because you're getting that visual connection. Um, in addition to auditory connection. So you're kind of getting connected in two ways, Mm -hmm. even though you don't have the physical presence. Um, and I think what's important and I, I completely agree, especially when, so there was a time where my best friend was in Japan and that's a, it was a 16 hour time difference. So it was really hard at times to connect. So we did a lot of texting and knowing she'd respond when she got it. And she did the same with me. But then we try to plan once in a while, like actual conversation, you know, it wasn't as often as we'd like, but I think it's also then important to realize those people that are close to you, you don't want to do that digital. Um, You want that face-to-face because in-person contact with others that's like required to release those trigger hormones that help alleviate stress. They make you feel happier, healthier, and more positive. So they provide stuff that digital content can't do. And that digital content is excellent. I don't want to put that down. It's excellent mm-hmm. when you're apart from people um, because that's what you can do. And, you know, FaceTime, you can see people. Zoom, you can see people. But actually being in person with someone is really important. And then one thing I'd love to talk about, Jess, is we talked about, we're talking about that in person, Mm. but what can we do to minimize distractions? Because how many times are we in person, but there's a lot of distractions. And one of the things that I think many, many, many of us, and I am including myself in this struggle with, is responding. We get a notification, an alert, a text message, an email, How many times do you pick that up and you're like, you got to respond right away? Or on the verse of it, you send a text, you know, that phone is always with that person, but they don't respond to you. Like we want such that instant gratification and it almost creates impulse control problems Um, because we have that hyper connectivity. We have those constant alerts. So like a really good challenge is like, don't respond right away. If you're busy, Focus on what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, Jess and I, Dr. Jess and I have talked a lot about time blocking. Make an hour in your day. This is when I'm responding to emails. And any email outside of that, you don't respond to, especially when it's related to work. Family, that's different. Especially when it's related to work. Like you don't need to be checking your work email before you go to bed at night. Um, Now, are there rare instances where, yes, there's something you need to respond to at night or in the morning? Yes. But 90% of the time, if not more, you don't need to read those emails before you go to bed or first thing when you wake up in the morning. So it's like learning to put those barriers around you. Don't respond to them right away. That creates that constant sense of urgency, which also increases our anxiety because we always feel like we're overwhelmed. There's always things being asked of us. So one way is just, I think when you're having dinner with family, with friends, when you go out, go to a movie, you're watching TV, um, put your phone away. I love when I hear families, they have a basket. And when people come over the basket, the phones are there. Um, and that's where they stay. And so being able to disconnect from that and actually enjoy being present with the person you're there. It's only probably a few hours. You can leave your phone for a few hours. Um, but just what are some other like tips you have, like that we can disconnect, um, and be more present. Yeah. I, I mean, I love putting the phone down. I love, I love that. I think other things that are important to just kind of disconnect from the phone, especially is like at night. And like, when you're trying to like, kind of calm down and get ready for bed that, uh, you know, part of a, uh, nighttime routine, you know, like maybe taking a warm shower, brushing your teeth, you know, doing some lotion, whatever it might be, like whatever your normal routine is, then in the dark because you know our melatonin is like kind of helpful of like in in a dark setting like reading a real book like a book where you actually have pages that you turn uh instead of having that light shining on you and it's it's just again with impulse control 
if you have this book on your phone, how easy is it to click the social media button instead of this book that you want to be reading, right? Mm-hmm. So it's it just kind of helps with impulse control. If you don't even just plug that into charge and then just pick up a real book, um, whatever you might be interested in and, and just kind of let that kind of be the way that you calm down. And then you don't have all of the distractions and everything else and then you sleep better. And so I don't like I I don't read books online. <laughs> I, I, I don't. I, I like a, a a paperback book because then I I'm not on a, a device at all. You mm-hmm. know, limiting that screen time. Um, and so I think, yeah, just as you know, I wear a watch. You know, so I've got this, and that helps me stay connected when I'm at work and away from my family. Um, but there's that I I take this off. Uh, you know, I may do when I run, I guess, but like, otherwise, like on the weekends or if I'm home at night, like I take all of that off and I try and just kind of like be in my home with my kids. And, uh, I will like check and make sure like, Hey, nobody like, you know, like we're about to have sit down for dinner make sure everything's okay. I'll check and make, make sure we're good. Um, but I don't like leave all of my notifications on. Um, and so, and that's the other thing is like on your phone is just like turning off notifications. And so like, if I look at my phone and it, I've got something that pops up, it's usually going to be a text message or a call. Um, my work email, I do, I do have that notify my phone. Cause I do kind of like, I need to make sure that's not something I need to respond to, but those are the only three notifications that I get. Um, I don't get any other notifications on my phone because I need to know what's going on with my business and I need to know at, like, is my family safe? <laughs> like, I was going to say, know. I think that's a huge one. And that's one that yeah. I do a lot and it yeah. helps with my watch too, because then I turn off all notifications. So Facebook, Instagram, even like the stores you buy from, they're always mm-hmm. sending you deal, deal, deal. Like I go through and I turn everything off. Mm-hmm. Now, sometimes people get upset because that means I may not see the message they sent me um, for a few hours or a day or so. Mm-hmm. But in my mind, it's okay. Because like, if it's really important, you're going to call me or you're going to text me. Right. Um, and yeah. anything outside of that, it's nice, but it can wait. Well, and you should tell people that are close to you, like, hey, like, like, in my family, we have a code. Like, if if there's a missed call and no voicemail, like, eh, I'll probably just call them to say hi. Two missed calls in a row, call now. So that's like our code of like, hey, I really need to get your attention. So two missed calls, no way. I'm calling back like right away. So otherwise it's like, oh, hey, you know, they were just calling to catch up. I'll call when I have time. So you can have codes with the people that are closest to you to make sure that, you know, you're not like jumping to like return that message, you know? So yeah. one other very helpful thing, and I love that phones created this now is the do not disturb. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also then have a focus too. So for me, my do not from nine o'clock at night till seven in the morning, no one, there's no notifications on my phone, no calls, no texts. I have, I do have it set up that my immediate family, uh, Dr. Jess is one. And then my boyfriend, they, anything they send me, call me or text me will come through. Mm-hmm. Outside of those people that are in my list of quote unquote favorites, that's what it calls it. Um, they don't go through, which is really nice because after nine o'clock, I don't need to be getting random text messages. Um, it is also nice that some people can then send those messages and know that it's not going to bother me or it's not going to wake me up and I'll see it in the morning when I get there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So there's just, there's a lot of ways to moderate to still keep things in a positive realm and have a little bit like you'll gain more from it. And we can kind of really get ahead of some of these negatives. Mm -hmm. So the whole point is that it's not negative. It doesn't have to be, it can be. And so that it's just like anything else in our lives that do deserve our respect just like alcohol, just like sugar, just like tobacco. Like there's things that really deserve respect. So make sure that we're like, Hey, we have to be careful with this because it easily can get out of hand. And so mm-hmm. having that helps you to then be proactive to not wait until there's a problem, get proactive about the problem. And if there is a problem, then diagnose that there's a problem and then implement solutions to that problem. So either way, the knowledge is helpful. So, mm-hmm. 
And one last thing I'll tell you, and I think it's a great eye opener, especially if you've never monitored like what you do with social media is now I can speak of iPhones. Um, I do not have an Android, so I am sure it's out there. Um, But on an iPhone, you can put limits on your apps. So for me, I have an hour limit on social media. Um, And when that hour is up, it does not mean it takes it away from me. I have the option to extend it for a minute, for 15 minutes, or extend it forever for that day. But it makes me aware of, oh, I didn't think I spent that much time on social media today. Um, And most of the time it's that mindless, like open scroll close, you know, but two, three, five minutes add up throughout the day. So I think that's a great way um, to kind of just actually become aware of how much you're even using it if you aren't sure. is kind of putting those limits on there. So there's so many different things you can do to make it a healthy relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just first recognizing where are you with your relationship with social media and digital, um, digital context. Yeah. So our challenge for today is to actually try and diagnose, is this an issue for you? Or if it's not, find a way so like find some solutions so either hey i could see where this could be so here's a couple things that i could try or this is an issue because you're kind of saying it here's a couple things i could try either way try and implement at least one proactive or reactive solution whether it's um you know turning the phone off not off but like you know putting it down when you come inside or turning off notifications or putting on some of these things that you're following um how long you're on um an app for example uh you know reading uh paper books instead of reading a book on your phone uh you know like any of these uh, different things that we talked about try implementing one of them and see if it helps you either react to an issue or be proactive to prevent an issue So share this information with anybody else in your life that you think might find it helpful. Uh, It's a pretty big topic, so I would think other people might find it helpful and beneficial. And um, that it's not all negative. It really isn't. It's not gloom and doom. It can be, but it doesn't have to be. So, all right, everybody, well, stay tuned for the rest of the month. We have some fun topics coming up in mental health awareness. Thank you for listening to the episode today. If you would like to learn more about how Two Gals can support you, then join our Two Gals Insiders membership, which can be found at www.2-gals.com. Also, don't forget, follow us on social media. We're on Facebook as well as Instagram. Okay, everybody. Bye. Enjoy your week.